Just let me introduce you to everybody. Uh, this is uh, Gina, Roy, Lucas, AJ. The staff of Empire Records had the coolest jobs on earth. Do you think the story is already written? Or do you think a bold and courageous act can change the course of history? Something happened to me last night in Atlantic City. Did you win anything? No, I did not. But Lucas blew it. Everyone knew it. You were to buy Empire? Well, that's a good thing, right? <laughs> the money is gone. Where's it going to? I think it's recirculating. We're turning this into a music town? I have to pay for what Mr. Brilliant here did. I'm the idiot. You're the screw-up, and we are all losers. Now, five friends have one day to decide what to do with the rest of their lives. AJ loves Corey, not the whole story. Today is the day that I'm going to tell Corey how I feel about her. That I, uh... Love her. Yeah. Do you think that it's possible for someone to be in love with someone else and not even know it? In this life, there are nothing but possibilities. That is so sweet. I think I'm going to barf. Corey wants Rex first time at sex. Hey, Rex, what happened to your hair? I will offer myself to Rex Manning. Ah! I wish I could be brave. You are brave. I have to bring Rex's lunch. I'm bringing Rex's lunch! Mark's raging mad. Best day he's had. Just like this! Help me, help me, help me. If I was in a band, they would not be doing this to me. Deb shaved her head and made out she was dead. I tried to kill myself with a lady Beck. Just your typical nutty teenager. You did have hair, right? I was tired of being invisible. Gina did it again, this time to a friend. You get smarter the shorter your skirt gets. I want to sing in a band, but I don't have the guts. So is this how your life's going to be now? You're just going to screw every husband? I'm starting! Want to know more? Check out the store. Empire Records open till midnight. This is Mark. Midnight! Empire Records. Featuring the music of Better Than Ezra, Gin Blossoms, Ape Hangers, Evan Dando, Toad the Wet Sprocket, and the Cranberries. What is wrong with you people? Rock and roll. Hi. You guys want some cookies? 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 Welcome back to the garage. Welcome to another edition of the Throwback Podcast. My name is Dan Hansis, and I'm joined, as I always am, by my bosom buddy, Bobby Castrone. Hey, Bob. Hey, Dan. You are joined by more than just your bosom buddy tonight. We have an international guest in the garage, live via satellite. Is she hot? She's a dude. Cool. Named Kleiny. Oh, Kleiny. From Australia. He's here. He is watching us right now. One of our most loyal sponsors. One of the. He's most. not the desperate Canadian. That's looking for the date. That's Bruno. And for you, Bruno. For you to speak that way of Bruno after all he's done for us is Bruno. really says a lot about your character. Everybody bang Bruno. <laughs> right, he's not dangerous. That's all right. That I don't know if you're sincere or not, but. I don't know if I'm right either. Who knows? He could be very dangerous. He's been radio silent for a while, but yeah. Um, welcome back to the garage, Bob. It's been yeah. a couple of weeks. It's been a minute, as they say. We were um, at the uh, in the parking lot uh, last time we taped. That's uh, true. Although the Blind Melon episode that we recorded no one cares. the week before no one cares. came out next. Doesn't matter. Yeah. But the last time we recorded. We were in the that is parking true. lot. That um, was fun. Blind Melon tattoo update. Dan forgot to send out a tweet telling you guys to <laughs> tell me to get a tattoo. So I think I'm safe 
Dan's negligence and short <laughs> memory <laughs> has really helped me out. Imagine if I smoked weed, like how oh, bad it would my be memory useless. would be. Uh, it's a good thing, though, because uh, I told my wife uh, yesterday. I my like, wife. I was like, hey. Uh, I didn't kill my wife. Hey, Seal Award, my wife from the fugitive. <laughs> no, I was like, hey, uh, honey, there's a chance I might have to get a tattoo. Oh, yeah. And she I'm was sure like, why? Well. And I explained it to her. And her response was, it was pretty legendary. Her response was, so let me get this straight. You're going to get your first tattoo a year away from 40 of a band you don't even listen to for your fleeting podcast. Fleeting, she said. <laughs> she said fleeting. You know, she's been an enemy of this show since day one. But that by far is the, the cruelest cut so far. The deepest cut. When After she put it that way, I was like, I kind of want to get the tattoo now. What did she call it again? It was a uh, first tattoo a year shy of 40 of a right. band you don't even like. For your fleeting podcast. Can it at least be fledgling? <laughs> fleeting. No, we've been around for over a year. I don't, I don't think we can be fledgling anymore. Uh, we're, well, up, we're up and wait running. Wait a second. Time out. I'm going to look up fleeting here. Lasting for a very short time. We're going to stick it to you, honey, because we're not going anywhere. <laughs> Just for that, I'm neglecting you and your kids more. <laughs> fleeting. Actually, the choice of words is fascinating now that I'm thinking about it more. This idea that because she hates the podcast, your wife. She wishes you were at home. She is uh, She is anti-pod. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so she's like letting out basically her subconscious, this idea in her brain that if you came home tonight and you said, hey, uh, me and Dan got in a big fight. Uh, <laughs> well, that would be worrisome for her. Yeah, it's she like, loves you guys. Yeah, I know. But like yeah, that's not big good. picture, if you're like me and Dan got into a fight, we're going to be OK. But we decided the podcast probably is not a great idea. She'd be like, okay, cool. All right. Uh, I mean, hope everything's cool. She's been like that both times where it was like, hey, uh, Headgum's letting us go. And she's like, oh, well, you had a good run. <laughs> See you for dinner. All right. So, um, so no, you, no tattoo. Okay. No tattoo. Uh, but you weren't going to get it anyway. Let's be honest. I would have. No way. I kind of wanted one. Um, this, uh, it would have been a good story. You like a good story. You're a story guy. Story You'd guy. You'd like to have that story. Uh -huh. You could use it in your big Hollywood pitch meetings. <laughs> Why was that in quotes? <laughs> Why did your you, fleeting Kleine, Hollywood career. Kleine, you saw that. You did air quotes on that. I did not. You saw nothing, Kleine. Um, you heard at the top of the episode the full trailer. Listen, we wanted to find a 30-second trailer. Couldn't fucking find one. Couldn't so find you got one. the full trailer to Empire Records, the 1995 Film directed by Martin, Sc Martin Scorsese. Uh, <laughs> actually, who directed it? Do we know? Uh, it was me. It was Bob Castrone. Yep. This, that was what led you into Flock of Dudes, which, of, of course. course, you could purchase in New Zealand. Right now. Uh, on VHS, is it? Go to a store. You can find a DVD or Betamax. <laughs> Somebody told me that there's a beta version available in Canada. Really? So Flock is getting What is around. beta again? It was the thing that happened like before VHS. Is that the thing that lost the DVD? No, it lost to VHS. <laughs> I was at a thrift sh uh, shop and I found an eight track of uh, Flock of Dudes, just the audio. Just of the, the audio, yeah. No, but it, it was really good. It's selling right now. I enjoyed it quite yeah. a bit. Um, Empire Records won our listener's choice if you are at a certain tier of our Patronis. Yeah, so we are on Patreon. If you're a first time listener, we've, we're funded by you guys, the wonderful people that download this podcast. Uh, and join us on Patreon. Fueled by tequila, funded by you. I like that. <laughs> but uh, I hate myself. I think it's our second tier. Uh, I think it's like $6 to uh, vote in our polls every month. And uh, Nice. We, we got a bunch of votes. We put up, I think, five. What was it? We put up soundtrack month. Oh, yeah. Let's break down the kind of and the, the standings. The competition it. was Empire Records, Clueless, 
Directed by David Fincher. Bat Clueless? <laughs> Batman, that's Amy Heckerling. Uh, Batman Forever. Bob's like, I'm in the business. It's Amy. Come on. Uh, Batman Forever. Uh, singles. Yeah. Uh, can't, can't Hardly, hardly wait. wait. Which got slaughtered. Slaughtered. I guess I thought that movie had a bigger cultural footprint, but then I was thinking about it. Um, uh, ironically, for a movie that came out about graduating from high school the year we graduated from high school, 1998, uh, that movie actually has a bigger connection with people that are like 10 years younger than us. I guess so, yeah. And people that are 10 years younger than us do not listen to this podcast. Well, in the end, the votes came in and... Oh, shit, we fucked up. Clueless actually ended up winning in the end. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's not. <laughs> Empire Records. It was gonna. It didn't matter. <laughs> All the research is already done. Slash, looking up the songs. We weren't gonna change course. We would have fudged the numbers. No. Empire Records came in at 34 percent. Clueless at 31 percent. Batman Forever 21 percent. Bob's lying right now. Clueless obviously won. Singles eight. It's like Amy won. Can't hardly wait at a sad four percent. Kleine can vouch. The numbers are all real. <laughs> can't see that. The numbers are all real. So Empire Records is the winner, and I'm excited. I owned the soundtrack. Did you? I did not own the soundtrack, but uh, the lead single, which um, you heard played a couple times in that trailer, and I believe it's track one, is one of my favorite feel-good 90s songs, period. So I remember being way into that song. I remember watching the video, and the video was very... It was a perfect... Um, well, we'll get to all that. Uh, but no, I did not have the soundtrack, but I do have fond memories about this movie, this movie which... Uh, was on cable a lot, and then it got a second life in like the early 2000s on VH1. Yeah, that's your right. former employer, which mm-hmm. um, uh, played the shit out of it. Whenever they weren't airing a behind the music, it was Empire Records. Yeah. Uh, so that's I think a whole generation of people. Like, but it was like during behind the music after when they got rid of videos. John Fugel saying lost his job. Yeah. Behind the music, but before like Flavor of Love and their trashy reality boom. And yes. That, and maybe pre-your old job, Best Week Ever. They had this window where all they had was behind the music. It was behind the music, pop-up video, and right. Empire, Empire Records. That was it. And that was it. And it wasn't bad. Nobody complained. Golden days, man. It was nice. But so I remember this movie. I guess we'll get into it when we start listening to music. But I liked the movie. I think it had a weird reputation because... It was like a bomb. I think there were like expectations. I don't for think it, it made any money. I don't think it made any money, but it had this reputation of being this like indie, musicy, cool. Like it was supposed. Well, to, it was kind of an it cast. It was supposed to be like yeah. like movie that breaks all these people, and the movie just kind of sucked. Yeah. But it still found a, an audience. Well, was it supposed to break people, or was it a movie that turned out to have a bunch of people that went on to have real careers? I, I, I kind of think it was more like that. I remember it being a disappointment. I remember reading. In like Entertainment Weekly in 1995, Gene Siskel's like, "This fucking sucks." Yeah, he said that and then died. <laughs> Whoa! Well, he did die. <laughs> See, Maybe he saying, died right after he said just that. Saying facts that would have been weird. Do you want to know anything else happening in the world? Apologies or? to the Gene Siskel estate. Yes. Do you want to know anything else in the world uh, that was happening when this movie came out in September 1995? Sure. Not really, but that's what we do on the show. So okay. <laughs> With that ringing endorsement, <laughs> the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame opened in Cleveland. And Dan, where would we be if the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame never opened? Uh, would we, we even have a podcast? We, you know what we'd be doing? We'd be in Obama. Uh, Obama. <laughs> Obama. What? Bin Laden's cave. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, you didn't have to correct I it if that's where guy. you were going. I did that. I did You're that, that guy now. I'm You're that guy forever. You're that guy. Um, 
Empire. I'm sorry, I was distracted because <laughs> Empire Records made three hundred and three thousand dollars in the box office. What? Man, that's three hundred thousand dollars in the United States, which has to be one of the biggest bombs of that year. Probably. Right. I, I can't imagine it was a super big budget, but um, yeah, that's a bomb. I voted for Obama twice, and I'd do it a third time if I could. All right, all right. It's too late. You can't. We're just going to clip the audio of what you said and just put it online. Um, Xena Warrior Princess debuted. Yep. A lot of lesbians were into that. Yep. And uh, I didn't know any at the time. No. But um, Me neither. we heard there was a large gay audience of very um it was a different era women. where you still like didn't really talk about that yeah. and uh cal rifkin passed lou Gehrig with a tainted 2131 consecutive tainted. games played what well you know I went are you to, gonna tell the kevin costner story i went to school in baltimore there was a lot of talk about the uh, kevin costner story i believe it uh bob tell the people quickly cliff's notes version of the um, Kevin Costner story because it is a tremendous story that you don't have to be a sports fan to enjoy. No, the story goes that Cal Ripken was, you know, was barreling his way towards Lou, Gehrig, Lou Gehrig's consecutive game streak in which baseball. Was, Kleine, baseball, that's our sport. and um, <laughs> Which was thought to be the only truly unbreakable sport record, really. Even across all sports. He yeah. played in, I think, 2,130 games. The yeah. Iron Horse. And, uh, More Cal- like the Iron Dick. Why? Because he had a very hard, erect penis. Oh, okay. Lou Gehrig. So Did you read his autobiography? I missed that part. So he was, uh, Cal Rifkin was on his way, and uh, one night, Cal Rifkin came home and uh, found his The wife, Iron Dick? The uh, Cal Rifkin, oh. the Iron, the Iron, whatever he is, I don't know. Cal Rifkin's senior son. He came, uh, came home, walked into his house, and found his wife in bed with Kevin Costner. Mm. And was wait. They were screwing. They were screwing. This is the '90s, so they were absolutely. They slept screwing. together. They screwed. Bro. Not only are we bringing back screwed, we're bringing back make love yep. and slept together. And instead of uh, somebody who died, they passed. I brought that back during the Blind Melon episode. That, oh yeah, I'm sticking, was, I'm sticking with that. Was that. Good. That was nice. Um, so nice I, moment. He walked in, uh, wife in bed with another woman, was so distraught. He called up Camden Yards and was like, I can't play today. So they uh, faked a power outage at Camden Yards to get the game canceled to keep his consecutive game streak alive. I've heard that. I used to work for Major League Baseball. I heard that story on good authority that that is a true story. I there was, you know, I went to school in Baltimore. I went I worked at a bar called uh, Padonia Station, which was often frequented by Cal Ripken. Mm. And I had heard from people at Padonia Station. True story. And. Uh, if you know Kevin Costner, the old slime bucket that he is, I don't really know if he's a slime bucket, <laughs> but uh, he was around baseball a lot because Bull Durham, um, what was the stupid cornfield movie? Stupid cornfield movie, Field Illegal, of Dreams. Field of Dreams. And then later on, um, what was I can't believe you called that a stupid cornfield movie. I mean, everybody, you know, come on. Uh, <laughs> nice movie. And then uh, the perfect game, the no-hitter thing when he was on oh, the Tigers. Oh, yeah, yeah, that thing. I didn't see that one. It's not a bad movie, actually. Okay. Um, but he was always around baseball. Uh, and here's the other thing. Here's the smoking gun. Urban legends, especially ones that are internet driven, eventually, once as time passes, I know this is kind of a sensitive topic, but the subjects of it um, address it at some point. Right. Either Kevin Costner does or Cal Ripken or does. Or like when Richard Gere was like, I never had a gerbil in my ass. Did he actually address he it? He actually did at some well, point. Well, yeah. it was important. Yeah. Um, no one has ever approached either man about it because their publicists basically all like are in cahoots and they're like, Listen, let's not talk about we this. We know the deal. All right. So we're breaking news here on the throwback pod. 
True story. <laughs> confirmed. We're confirming it on the show? We're double sourcing it. So, yes. All right. You heard a guy say it. I heard a guy say it. That's double hearsay, but <laughs> not a source. Close enough. Um, anything else, Bob? You don't want to do the number one song, right? You didn't get it queued up? No. Forget it then. Let's get into Empire Records. Do you want to? Yes, I do want Kleine, to. Kleine, do you have any questions? Let's see what Kleine We has. did ask Kleine if he had any questions. Kleine just called baseball a poor man's cricket. All right. So his, uh, his bias is coming through. No, I mean, that's that's why we don't involve the listeners. <laughs> All right, here we go. Track one, The Gin Blossoms. I didn't ask. You shouldn't have told me. At first I'd laugh, but now you're sinking in fast. Whatever the soul All right, track one on the Empire Records soundtrack, which for the record, Bob, for the Empire Record, nailed it, um, is not on Apple Music. I highly doubt it's on Spotify, your streaming service of choice. So um, I have to go into the deep, dark web to get the entire track listing, which I feel, aka I'm on YouTube now. I was going to say, I think you're on the dark web to buy heroin, but (laughs) you could probably just go to YouTube for this, but... Uh, so anyway, yes, the Gin Blossoms open the Empire Records soundtrack with one of the biggest hits of their career, uh, released January 1996, re-released as a double A side single. That's a great move, double A like side that, single. Yeah. Follow You Down was the other one. Billboard magazine described Till I, Til I Hear It From You as, quote, the closest thing to a perfect pop song to hit radio in recent memory. Wow. That's Fair praise because this is a perfect pop song. I agree. And I like the Jim Blossoms getting a little little credit here because, I don't know, they have like a weird legacy. Like they came out hot with New Miserable Experience and then they had this like weird sort of backlash for no reason at all. Hmm. Let's get into that in a second. Yeah. Outside looking in Till we're talking about Not stepping around it Maybe I don't want to take advice from fools I'll just figure everything is cool What a beautiful song. Uh, you think... <clears throat> I think maybe they're, the timing of when they hit maybe is a factor because definitely... Post Nirvana grunge, uh, and that was like the popular form of rock music at the time. It was not popular to be sunny and have you know breezy melodies and things like that. That's part of the reason Oasis was so big because they were kind of they flew in the face of that. But I could see how people that were fans of that type of music, rock music at the time, would say, "Oh, Gin Blossoms, they're soft or, or yeah." Weak or I think that's what happened. They they came out, they got overshadowed by that harder rock. And then they got overshadowed by like Hootie, so Jim Blossoms became which is like, a goddamn travesty. Jim Blossoms became like the sort of crappy version of Hootie, and their legacy was tarnished. And then they were like resigned to playing state fairs. So That's this, where the Jim Blossoms are at. I think so. That's yeah. ridiculous because there are way shittier bands. I know that based on the strength of a couple songs can play, like 
I don't know, the Pantages Theater here Completely or agree. the fucking Greek or yep. whatever. Um, that was, so I'll hear it from you. I have a little nug from my research, which, as you know, Bob, is typically from Wikipedia. It's not just typically, that's solely from Wikipedia. Gin Blossom's lead vocalist, Robin Wilson, would recall, recall, Empire Records is a classic film that only a handful of people really saw, but it definitely made an impact on that generation. That's our generation, Bob. I know. Did it make an impact? You know who really saw that movie? 15-year-old Bob Castrone. In the theater? No, not in the theater. Oh. I did not contribute my $8 towards the 300 k that it made. <laughs> Think but, about how few people have to see a movie, even when you factor in inflation in 1995 to make three hundred thousand dollars on a I think it was a major theatrical release. Yeah, it was a wide release for sure. It's fucking remarkable. bro. <laughs> I mean, that's crazy. Are they even on DVD in New Zealand, bro? <laughs> maybe, maybe not. All right. Track two, the Irish band, the Cranberries. Liar by the Cranberries, which uh, I don't think was showed up on an album for them, but was uh, plucked for this soundtrack. Uh, I remember this being like an X-107 song. Like it was, was like it? the alternative rock station would play this, but it was never like a hit. Sounds like almost like a very like meat and potatoes. What, this is what the Cranberries sound like in yeah. 1995, which isn't a bad thing. Well, I think it's uh, Dolores O'Riordan, R.I.P., um, always reminded me of Robin Tunney and vice versa. So there's a little connection here. They have like that same kind of look. The connection being that one random 15-year-old thought that they, kind of looked, they alike. looked alike. Yeah. It's pretty loose connection, but nope, it is a connection. It's all connected. It's no looser than the Kevin Costner, Cal Riffin connection. <laughs> it's all the same thread. Um, which, by the way, loved that look. Loved Robin Tunney and the craft. Yeah. And, well, she uh, was she was cool. I like... Um, I like... like I was gonna say all women. That just sounds. You, like, you do like all women. There's a little more, a little more distance. Like actresses with the big expressive eyes. Mm-hmm. Tunney's like maybe on the Mount Rushmore mm-hmm. of giant expressive eyes. You got you got Tunney. You got Zoe Deschanel. Not Zoe Deschanel. Um, you got Heather Graham. Yeah. Giant Eyes Hall of Fame. Giant Eyes Hall of and, Fame. Uh, Giant Eyes Rushmore, where you just sit like <laughs> as you're driving up to it, they're just staring you down. Just massive eyes. It's really distracting. Uh, I and can't Steve think Buscemi. of it right now, but and Steve Buscemi. Yeah. So there you there go. That's the, the Mount Rushmore <laughs> of hot chicks with giant, giant eyes. eyes. Um, yeah. I mean, we can't make it through an Empire Records episode without talking about all the hot babes <laughs> that a 15 slash 16 year old Bob and Dan would watch this movie repeatedly to see. Yeah. This um, this was like I think, by the way, going back to uh, our friend Robin. Yeah. I, I wasn't done with Robin. I'm his comment that it left a mark. He's right, because think about it. If if literally like 148 people saw the movie in theaters, my math could be off on it. 
Uh, wait, let me do the math. On no, don't do that. I'm going to get the calculator. Okay, um, while you're doing math, I will say, I thought uh, you, Bob's got a vamp. I thought you were talking female Robin. Um, female Robin, Tony, do you remember her big moment in the movie? What is the big? I'm doing math, Bob. Shut up. Well, I'm trying to I'm trying to converse with you as well. I guess that's bad vamping when I'm trying to ask you questions while you type numbers in a cell phone. Three hundred thousand divided by this is a good pod. What, what's like a standard ticket uh, price? I, I would guess eight dollars. Wait, did he already look it up for me? No. There's a nine eleven reference over there. <laughs> what is what is Kleine got on nine eleven over there? I don't know, but Kleine threw up a quote. Um, I saw Empire Records in theaters. End quote. Liv Tyler. So mm. bring in the comedy. All right, let's say $8 was like yeah, a... Yeah, I think okay. $8 sounds about right. I will tell time. you exactly how many people saw this in the theaters. Here we go. Uh, 37,500 people. Okay, so like the amount of people that fit into Yankee Stadium on... An off night. An off night. Yeah, <laughs> like to see the Rays in April when it's 30 <laughs> degrees. Oh, boy. Um, All the legend seats are empty. Yeah, but yeah. what the other Robin, the lead singer of the Gin Blossoms, saying that... It left a mark on the culture. So that would be our generation. We were 15 when this movie came out, uh, youth generation. And he's right because we knew the movie yeah. very well, even though no one saw it. And then the VH1 thing was all tied into that. So he's right. It wasn't like a massive like cultural thing, but it had its a niche. And uh, that's pretty cool. So we, we were talking about like Giant Eyes Tunny, but everyone, if you're our age, if you're like let's say 35 to 40, you know Liv Tyler's like schoolgirl dress yep. and the belly shirt. You know uh, Reese Witherspoon uh, with the tiny uh, mini skirts. You know the fucking... Wait, Reese annoying... Witherspoon? Not Reese Witherspoon. <laughs> Renee uh, Zellweger. Renee Zellweger. I was like, what movie is this? The the dude... Um, Ethan Embry. Ethan Embry, the yeah. guy that was in every movie for about five years in a row and then disappeared. Yes. Uh, you know, the shitbag that lost all the money. Yes, uh, he was great. In Vegas. He went on to be like one of these like CSI kind of actors. And of course, everyone knows Rex Manning, the shitbag uh, washout, Legend. washed up uh, pop star who was... So like... For a movie that made 300K, name another movie that bombed that hard that people know more. That's now, is it a Broadway musical or an off-Broadway musical? It's found a whole new life. Maybe off-off-Broadway, but no, still. No, legit. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Maybe The Room is the only movie that, <laughs> that, that <laughs> pulled this off. Made less and did more. Yeah. Yeah. All right, next track. So the reason I had to go to YouTube, Bob, was certain songs, not only is the album itself not on uh, major streaming services, like four or five of the songs just are gone. Right. Which, what the fuck's going on? What year is this? <laughs> uh, here's one of them. Makes me feel young. I like it. I bet you this was used like in a scene where like a car was pulling up to Liv Tyler, and she yes. was kind of like jogging from her front door to get in. I don't know if that scene's in the movie, but it should have been if it wasn't. This Liv Tyler was this. This was post uh, Aerosmith. Yeah. Crazy video. Yep. 
So we knew she was Steven Tyler's daughter. Mm-hmm. She was kind of an it girl, but she was, hadn't been in really in anything else, like any you notable around movies this time, at that she point. Was in a movie called Stealing Beauty. Does that sound familiar? Was like a horse involved? Yeah, there was a horse involved. That's all yeah. I remember about it. I never saw it. There was a horse. <laughs> she co-starred. How involved is the horse, Bob? She co-starred with a horse. <laughs> this summer, Liv Tyler and a horse are involved <laughs> in a movie. Uh, that's all. I can't think of anything else that she was really doing aside from outshining Alicia Silverstone and creeping crazy. people out. The well, whole, the whole daughter thing, yeah. I mean, that was something that even in the moment, sometimes things just seem creepy after the fact, but in the moment when. It was revealed because she didn't even find she was like 18 or 19 when the crazy video came out where she it was her and Alicia Silverstone. And we are going to get to the uh, Get a Grip podcast. Oh, we absolutely. Will. Sooner rather than later. Um, she was dancing around and is she in like underwear in it or yeah. she flashes. And it's a like lot happens. a lot happens at that moment. And it's Steven Tyler's daughter. And it was very strange at the time. It was what she was most famous for at that point. Yeah. Come on, Steve. Bro. He was an absentee father. I think that's a, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, but then you introduce your daughter and it's like, here's a highly sexualized version of my 18-year-old daughter that I just met. I mean, who are you? President Donald Trump? Oh! <laughs> we'll see you later. <laughs> Fade out. Fade out. So <laughs> I love this. I think the reason that we this is not on any streaming service is that this song only existed in 1995, and then all metadata and anything connected to the song disappeared at that point. You dug up a time capsule behind a library to find the song. <laughs> and I will return it after yeah, the show. Yeah, you have to. You have to. Uh, all right, so that is a forgettable song. Uh, but sure, fine. Makes me feel young. It's a movie that's soundtrack. Good, you got to have, you know, they can't all be bangers on a movie soundtrack. But can't they, though? Because wouldn't that be fun? Wait, did you have, for Flock of Dudes, did you have any, well, is there a soundtrack? Not technically. I mean, there was a music coordinator. There was a whole uh, thing. If you are. We spent a lot of money on one song to get Montel Jordan's This Is How We Do It. Can you share how much it cost? I don't know. I mean, I wasn't involved in that kind of thing, but I think it was about 15 grand. I wonder how much Montel, what kind of taste he gets off. I don't know. I emailed with his publicist, though. For a little while. Montel, he, he currently has a publicist? Still has a publicist. Good for him. Yeah. That is good business to have one song. Yeah, he did it. Six foot eight. I mean, come on. <laughs> He's already tall, so what else do you need? One song. All right. Next track. A well-known bo- band, Bob. Toad the Wet Sprocket. Crazy Life. Coming up on WNEW 102.7. Just so you know, Bob, uh, according to YouTube, Toad has a show at the Buckhead Theater in Atlanta on September 23rd. Let's go. Toad was pretty hot at this time, so uh, they're like, "We're not going to give you like a good song." Are but you kidding we'll me? This song is song. so good. No, no, put up the chorus. Oh, 
All right, I take it back. I kind of like it. Really good. It's got a great mood. I think we talked about Toad the Wet Sprocket on our Lost episode where the SD card effed us in the A. Ooh, right in the old butthole. I think we got into some Toad. A total butthole shot we took. Everything I said about the gin blossoms getting unfairly maligned, times 10 for Toad the Wet Sprocket. What did these guys ever do wrong? They named themselves Toad the Wet Sprocket. Okay, they did one thing very Which I'm not, like, that was a really funny joke by me, but I actually believe it as well. No, I believe it too. I agree. Just like Hootie and the Blowfish, like... You know, guys, at a certain point, you got to go fuck yourselves. Yeah. Big Head Todd and the Monsters. You could do better. You fucking morons. Yeah. Diarrhea Planet. No, but, I mean, no, I mean, not do that. You fucking idiots. <laughs> Come on. You're a band. Act like one. Except for the LA-based band Fart Barf. They're doing it okay. <laughs> fine, that's a great fine. name. They did it. Um, no, so that, um, that book, uh, I Want My MTV, The Oral History of MTV, there's a little nugget in there about how the programming director at MTV at the time in the early mid-90s just hated Toad the Wet Sprocket, had like an aversion to them. Oh, right. So he single-handedly, basically single-handedly sunk their careers. He would not program them ever. And I think it's unfair because this is a good song. They have like four to five very good singles. Yes, they do. And you're right. Um, I actually saw them four years ago opening for Counting Crows at the Greek Theater. Right. Neither act at the top of their game. Um, but Toad... Um, my favorite Toad song is All I Want. Mm-hmm. And I was <clears throat> curious when they got to the chorus. I was really, really hoping the lead singer was going to hit it because it has that really high falsetto note that makes the chorus really go. And when it got there, it just he crumbled. There was yeah. nothing there. And it was like <clears throat> at that moment, I realized the, the ravages of time and uh, how life is finite. Not even Toad is. And we are in a long <laughs> march to decline at that moment. Yeah. That's when I realized it. Um, before we move on to the next song, a little housekeeping. According to our fact checker on the other side of the world right now, the Martinis, the uh, band that you played prior to Toad, features the guitar player from the Pixies. Oh. So a little, uh, a little A-list pedigree there for you. Kleine, a uh, good nug. Uh, Could be lying to us. My don't, f- don't know if we should trust him. <laughs> my follow-up is, don't care. Oh, come on. And go fuck yourself. Well, how the times have changed. Looking back, it seems so clear now Everything you wanted in your life Everything is certain Try and understand Put a checklist on your wall I am not what you think I should be But you're making amends For your circle of friends And you're trying to fit me to their mold Yes, you're making amends To your circle of friends And you're trying to fit me to their mold Yeah! Better than Ezra, baby! I love Better Than Ezra. I mean, another victim of stupid names, but goddamn, pretty bad name. They're good. Pretty bad name. A lot of good songs for BTE. A lot of good songs. Um, very rarely do, does a band that 
you really like and respect for a period of years, which I really did from that first album with Good On It uh-huh. through Friction, comma, Baby yep. uh, in 97. Uh, I really like that album. And then very few bands did ever, did, did they ever wipe away all their goodwill faster than Better Than Ezra when they put out their like, at the stars, two thousand. No, that's a nice song. The two thousand one song, where they oh, like, oh yeah, got yeah. like the the knockoff Dust Brothers, and they did. It was kind of like a rap song. Yeah, I'm trying to remember it. It was, it was a its, fucking nightmare. Buddy. Yeah, it was it, bad. It was them, and at the same time, Third Eye Blind was doing Non Dairy Creamer. It was like bad shit from bands that you liked in the mid nineties. Uh, it was it was dark it was dark times and I but I will say they had a nice run of singles I don't know that song but I do like it I like it too although it was I was thinking about uh, do you remember that thing that went kind of viral a couple weeks ago uh, big dick energy that was like a thing that somebody wrote an article about like guys who have big dick energy did that oh yeah I did come uh, yeah radar? I have heard about that I feel like the lead singer better better than Ezra does not have big dick energy he has tiny dick energy he's a big guy too he's a tall guy but it just doesn't doesn't, you think he's tall guy, tiny, tall guy, tiny dick doesn't syndrome? Doesn't exude big dick energy. Um, and uh, hey, if I'm wrong, send me a picture, Mr. Ezra. <laughs> what is that weird? You're gonna meet to yourself. Did I do it? All right, just as a little listen to the end of Better oh, Than Ezra's side, career. This was that bad song. I got a little bit of hope, like a soap on a rope, sweeter than sour, getting thinner by the hour, falling fast, and I'm running out of gas. On your sister, smart as Bobby Fisher. Still, I couldn't get arrested. Though I got more hooks than Madonna got looks. Just like that ACD song. Come on, baby, shake me all night long. All I wanna do. Alright, this was. This was our college. Again, college. Yes. This is what we 2001. were fucking subjected to in college. There was a whole like genre of shit that sounded like this like citizen cope was yeah. that a thing like uh eagle eye cherry kind of stuff like mm-hmm. there was a whole bunch of crap like this at the time this is bad but it sucks that it was like a band that we you just hear a little bit more um it was just uh, certain bands that try to make the transition into the new decade millennium were just debasing themselves, and that, that's how. But it does, but it won't take away from Circle of Friends and I song in Empire Records. Yeah, uh, good uh, in the blood, desperately wanting King of New Orleans, King of New Orleans, uh, just a lot of great songs. Yeah, they they did all right, and they were on the Empire Records soundtrack. Yeah, that's so, what we're listening to. Not better than Ezra's. All right, works. moving on. Oh, I've always wanted to hear a song by the Ape Hangers. Who got a weird pop in the trailer. Second, the second comment on YouTube: the lead singer is my uncle Peter. <laughs> <laughs> of That's course good. it is. That's good. I'm enjoying that. I like this. This, uh, this reminds me of the last song in the movie, 
that we're going to listen to later. But I bet you, see, we made a big mistake before we, um, you lower it? Why is it so loud? Why are you so into it? I'm enjoying it. What do you have to say, Bob? What was uh, the huge mistake? Uh, the huge mistake? Yeah, you said we made a huge mistake. Oh, because we were we should have watched. Stop raising the volume on me. <laughs> no, go ahead. We should have watched the movie ahead of time, but we've been too busy, so we couldn't do it. So busy. Um, but this sounds to me like I bet you in the movie, they uh, use this to be the cool dudes band. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Because it sounds like, like the song cool that comes band later band. in the movie. Um, do you want to hear a little more from the thread of what uh, the lead singer is, Michael Peter? Only if more family members chime in. Uh, if someone follows up, hey, what's your Uncle Peter up to these days? Great question. That uh, was me. And um, <laughs> uh, the response was, he's a janitor. No. He was on. my boss for a period of time. Cool guy. Oof. It's up business, man. <laughs> business. Uh, the ape hangers. I don't want to live today. I like it. No, it's got a cool sound. I like stuff like this. Um, so you didn't see Empire Records in the theater. You weren't one of the thirty-seven-five. Nope. That feel that was, feels like a. a spe- I was I was busy that weekend, but I definitely. Well, you definitely were not busy in the <laughs> no, summer have, of nineteen or fall of nineteen ninety-five. Might have had a soccer game or something, <laughs> but the uh, I, when it ended up on cable, it was just one of those things I would watch repeatedly. I think it was on our illegal pay-per-view. And I would just watch it over and over again. And I wanted to like it because I knew that it was like this alt music movie and there were hot babes in it. And I wanted to be Ethan Embry around that time because he was so cool. He was like kind of like the it boy for a little period there. And he was not hyper masculine or like the best looking guy. But he was like very like he's like a cute boy. He's very likable. And and very like earnest and uh that was like the type of dude that girls gravitated toward. Yeah. He would suck. Like if you had to like uh, in a pickup basketball game, he'd be the last guy you'd ever want on your team. Every single time. But if you were at like a school dance and you needed a wingman, 1995, like 1994 to 1999, uh, Ethan Embry is right at the top. Yeah, the, of the like mid 90s, like looking down and shuffling around and being quirky. That oh, girls shucks. Were, and girls oh, were like, boy. oh, that's so mysterious. What's he looking at? He's like not looking at <laughs> not anything. Not looking at anything. But he yeah. was cute doing it, and yep. that was the most important thing. Um, all right. Next up, Bob Cracker. You remember them? Love Cracker. Okay. I'm a legitimate Cracker fan, Dan. <laughs> We're going to dig into that in a second. <laughs> By the way, the Ape Hangers are one of the three singles from this soundtrack. Well, I thought it was weird they got pop in the uh, trailer. Yeah. It was like, better than Ezra. Told the wet sprocket, the Ape Hangers. <laughs> That's true. Uh, they, they had buzz at the time. Uh, did you know that Till I Hear It From You was a top ten hit? Number nine. Nice. Good. Good for them. Deserved. Um, but this is, this, not, is this is not Cracker's best work. Of course, you know Cracker's best work. Uh, hey, 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 it's like being stoned. Yeah, low. Yeah. Great song. 
Uh, Is that their best work? I think it's part of it. I think Cracker has a lot of good songs. If you actually dug into a little Cracker, I think you would like it. Off the Kerosene album? Kerosene Hat. (laughs) Kerosene Hat, that's right. Um, I think what uh, what drew me to Empire Records on repeated television watchings, besides the fact that there was nothing else to do. Yes, it was mostly that. And it was, you know, you had like 14 channels. It cannot be... It cannot be overstated how little there was to do uh, in like 1996, <laughs> 1997. Um, uh, was that it was kind of like the um, they did a really nice job creating a, a perfect wonderland uh, of what would be the coolest job to work at. Yep. And totally. If you were a teenager, like you would love to work at a place where Liv Tyler is there and Renee Zellweger, and then all the guys are like cool and they all have different the edginess to him and you got the dumbass looking at his feet all the time and then robin tunney yeah and they play up her suicide for attempt for laughs they do in the movie and in the trailer but that'd be cool just like to know like a hot chick with giant eyes that try to kill herself it'd just be like kind of cool let's just play that for comedy as a teen i feel like that would be something that would be interesting to me yeah you need interesting stuff when you're a teenager and there was the wish fulfillment of like guar showing up and the guy's fantasy and everything was crazy and rex matting day and it just like played into this whole universe of like, God, their life is so much more exciting than mine. I'm 16 and bored at home watching VH1. I'm trying to think who. Uh, I w- just the way things are different now, I feel like in the modern day, if this movie came out, Rex Manning would be a real person playing himself. Yeah. Like, oh, easy. oh, it's an exaggerated version of myself. But, uh, you know, it's just great. It's great to, you know, connect with youth, youth culture. <laughs> uh, who do you think would play the Rex Manning person playing himself today? Oh, that's a great question. You'd want to go. It would probably be a guy from the 80s, maybe 90s. 90s now. Probably. 90s now. Yeah. John Sensio? No, you know who it would be? It would be Rick Astley. It would That's be they, they would tie in the meme to it and everything. Like it would be like a way to get millennials to care about it. What about Ricky Martin? Oh, I could see that. I could see them going that direction. Yeah, that's a good call. Although you you're playing like a um a guy that's kind of a slime ball and trying to pick up women and stuff. I guess you can give it a 21st century turn cuz I think he's a, a gay guy now. He's openly gay. Yes. Ricky Martin. He'd be trying to like bang all the dudes in oh, the updated version. Okay, wait a minute. I like this. Is this, this is our, good. Are we formulating the Empire Records reboot on this podcast? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got Ricky Martin trying to fuck all the guys. Okay, okay. And um, and then you have like the Renee. Should we Z- recast Empire Records right now? The Renee Zellweger character then would have to be a dude who wants to bang. His goal is to bang Ricky Martin. Wait, now see now you're in the weeds with me. <laughs> Why? I, I, I'm trying to think like who would be like. Who would be the Liv Tyler? Nowadays? Yeah, who would that be? Oh, God, I don't know. It's a tough one. It is tough. Ariana Grande, maybe? <laughs> like, that put the meat in the seats? That'll put the meat in the seats. <laughs> who would be, like, a good, like, young, hot dude? Me. Bob Castron. That's yeah. correct. That was exactly what I was I thinking. I know. I can tell it in your eyes. All right. This is the Mises. The Mises. The Mises. M-E-I-C-E-S. Ready, steady, go. I only remember the Mices before you raised the uh, volume. They had an album at the listening station. The Tower Records. Sorry, right, forget up. it. <laughs>
Micey's getting a lot of uh, play as you try to make a drink. Um, yeah. Yeah, I remember they had a, a CD at the Tower Records in Nanuet. Uh, same Tower Records where I saw Better Than Ezra perform. Um, Interesting. But um, it was a like a cartoon of a guy cutting his own head into like a sandwich. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking that was like so cool in punk rock. I almost got the CD a bunch of times. And I'm glad I didn't. <laughs> the Micey's could have used it because not only... Uh, are they not on major streaming services? They do not have a Wikipedia page. Yeah, that makes sense. I don't think that. I think that was no probably connected. it for them. There's no connection to society anymore at all. Uh, kind of a sad story, actually, when you think about it. Maybe everything could have been different if you bought that CD. <laughs> could have, could have. Next track is Drill, performing "What You Are." Okay. Is this all? Are all these songs familiar to you? Some are. The last one definitely was. This one, not really. Oh, I have a better idea. Not a better idea, but since we don't know enough young people to have fun with the recasting for the reboot, what if we gathered all the original actors for like an Empire Records 2, um, like kind of like a sequel, um, where they're trying to keep the record shop open, which I think was the premise of the first one. That was the one. premise of the first one. But who fucking cares? Nobody saw the first movie exactly. anyway. yeah, yeah. No one remembers the details. Bring them all back. So they're trying to... Oh, I got it. So the all the old people now come back to the store for the reunion, and they find out that the store's in trouble. It's going to go under. Well, obviously the store's in trouble. It's 2018. <laughs> who the fuck is buying CDs at a record store? And store? what happens is... Um, Joe LaPaglia is still there, obviously. Yeah. Uh, he's still the manager, but everybody else is like coming from all different walks of life. And they're here and they decide, let's band together and save the, the store. And they then basically meet the younger versions of themselves working at the shop in the modern day. And then they, they fail and the place goes under. I think that ending is coming from a mile away. Like, you know, they're going to fail. It's kind of like uh, the season finale of the show Dinosaurs, where you're like, the Ice Age is coming. Like, it's all. <laughs> It's, it's not going to work. Wait a second. Yes, obviously you know how the dinosaurs die, Bob, but the fact that that show actually, which was like a Jim Henson comedy, ended with a meteor killing everyone in the show <laughs> was pretty fucking audacious and at that's, the time. I mean, that's what we would have to do for Empire 2. Have an asteroid hit the store? Yeah. Okay. I Luster. Will... Nice overalls. Go on, Bob. Wait, who is this? Luster. Oh, Luster. I thought you said Guster. I got excited. <laughs> Maybe it's less L-U-S-T-R-E. Less, yeah, that's less. Less tray, maybe? Sure. Um, so uh, if we wanted to get this off the ground, I know where Ethan Embry lives. Really? I do. I randomly, many years ago after we moved to L.A., ended up at a party at his house. Really? I did. Did I ever tell you the story? I may maybe, have not told you the story. I probably forgot it. It was... Uh, you must have told me, because that's a pretty big... Yes. No. I was out with uh, Heather and our friend Michelle Collins. Mm-hmm. And Michelle was like, do you guys... Formerly of The View. What a great talent. View. She has a show on XM Radio we now. We should get Michelle on the show. She's in New York now, but we should. Um, so Michelle was like, hey, I'm going to a party. Do you guys want to come? And we're like, eh, maybe. And she's like, yeah, I don't know where it's at, but like, just follow me. So we followed her to this guy's house. And we get in, and it's uh, Ethan Embry's house. And Does he answer the door? Or is it one of those his things? His wife right? answered the door, and his wife was like a Maxim model. I recognized big her. Big eyes? I recognized her. Big something. I recognized her immediately. And um, so. Uh, really? 
Yeah, immediately. He, that's a little bit cliche. You think he would marry like some like cutesy pixie girl just based on his characters, but he went with like a Seems Maxim like a bombshell, bombshell. Like a blonde bombshell. Okay. Yeah. And uh, I see you, Ethan. Yeah. So uh, he and his friends were playing running charades, which was like a trendy. How nice was the house? It was nice, but I wouldn't say it was the nicest house. It wasn't a mansion. No, it wasn't a mansion. It was a nice house, but it was in the hills. It was on the um, Burbank side of the hills uh, near the Oakwoods, uh, near the Hollywood sign. And so not the, if you're not familiar with the region, not like the trendy, super shishi uh, Hollywood Hills type thing, but still, still a nice, in the nice hills. zip yeah. code. Yes. And uh, people were playing running charades and I ended up on a running charades team with Olympic gold medalist Sean White. Really? And uh, we we won because, you know, he's, a, he's an Olympic gold medalist. So obviously he's going to win running charades. It's fucking nothing for him. Mm. And at some point I ended up on a balcony alone with Ethan Embry talking about Empire Records. Really? That sounds like a depressing moment for him. For him? Yes. For me, the <laughs> best <know>. moment. <laughs> uh, no, he was cool. He was like just excited. He was telling me like there was so much fun to shoot. We were down in Austin. It was like everybody was the same age and we were just getting drunk and partying every night. And he's like, it was the best time. So I think we can get them all for Empire 2. Good. Hey, Bob. Bad news. Yeah. Sonny Mabry, his his wife. Yeah. They divorced in 2012. Oh, they seem so happy, though. It's his second marriage. Uh, the other one failed as well. Okay. Emma Linda Smith, 98 to 02. Mabry, 05 to 12. Um, so, listen, a little luckless in love, that Ethan Embry. I'm going to uh, check in on his career, by the way. You know, I got in there sometime in, like, 2011, so they were probably on the road. maybe yeah. that was the end. Like, maybe I was in. And you're out on the fucking deck with that fucking guy who wouldn't even know when you should have been with me. <laughs> it's over, Ethan. That was it. That was it. I'm sorry, Ethan. I'm so sorry. Uh, he had an arc in Grace and Frankie, which some people like. Oh, he's in Sneaky Pete. Yes. That's, that's a good gig. All right, good for him. Good for him. So that's paying the mortgage. Well, then the divorce is probably wiped him out. Though. Yikes, yeah. That guy got a lot of tail. And by the way, he's a baby. He, uh, well, not anymore, but he was born in 78. I would have thought wow. he would have been older. So that means yeah. when Empire Record came out, he was a fucking kid. He 17. Like, yeah. Damn. Man, who had a better life than Ethan Embry in his teens? Like going from like... It's like, no, actually, it was a loveless uh, home life, and <laughs> they just pushed me to work constantly, right. and I never had a childhood. And it's like, no, no, but all the girls like no, you, right? No, but you hung out with babes. <laughs> the dark side of Ethan Embry. How many uh, songs do we have left? 24? So <laughs> uh, let's see. We're No, we're getting near the end. This is, is... Is the Yoko Ono cover of Money on here? No, that is not on the oh, soundtrack. That's like the most, one of the most memorable songs from the movie. Could not get the rights, Bob. This, of course, Bob. Is this Rex Manning? (laughs) This is the band Please performing Here It Comes Again.
I like this. A lot, actually. Yeah, I like it. Maybe it'll end up on the Spotify playlist. Why did you laugh? Who is this? Uh, Bob, this is Please. Also, no uh, internet footprint. No, not at all. I quite like this. Not enough to continue playing it, though. Don't remember where it was in the movie. I have no memory of that. Um, um, neither do I. I think uh, who had the biggest career after Empire Records? Probably Zellweger, right? Oh, yeah. definitely yeah. Zellweger by a country mile. Tunney was in the uh, Witch movie. That was around the same time. And Tunney's a, another one of those like CSI kind of actresses now where she just like anchors one of those shows on CBS that America watches, but nobody here in L.A. does. Is that true? Yeah. I thought you were, I was thinking of Bones, which is uh, the other no, douche now. She's not on Bones. She's on something, as is the guy that plays Lucas, who I remember thinking was the funniest dude in this He movie. was the guy that lost all the money. Yes, the guy that lost the He gambled the away the... Uh, yeah, yeah. The safe, the contents of the safe at yeah. Empire Records. Yeah. Leaving LaPaglia, LaPaglia scratching his head. I hadn't seen LaPaglia that pissed since uh, Mike Myers uh, stole his giant coffee and was like, is, I ordered the small. And so I married an expert. Good axe murderer rep. I liked it. <laughs> I was struggling. I wanted to make the rep and I couldn't think of a single thing. From the you know who I liked the most in uh, Empire Records? The shitbag that got caught stealing. Oh, the and he kid. has to sit in the the yeah, couch chair the cool. whole time. That was a cool runner. Was that the guy that played um, the Shermanator in American Pie? No, but it was, oh, was it? Same no. family tree, though. Same family tree. Here is uh, Evan Dando, the man who killed Kurt Cobain with the ballad of <laughs> El Gitto. Zip you up and dress you down and stand you in a row. You know you don't have to. You can just say no. And there ain't no one going to turn. Nice little ballad there by the uh, lead singer of the Lemonheads. I love this. One of my favorite voices covering one of my favorite songs. This is great. Who, what is this a cover This of? is Big Star. Oh. And I love Evan Dando's voice. He's done, um, he did a cover of Keep On Loving You, the REO Speedwagon song around right. this time, that became my go-to karaoke song based on his cover. Because he just belts it. But they belt it, REO Speedwagon belts it. Yeah, but they REO Speedwagon belts it in a way that we can't belt it because they actually know how to sing. Well, I can't belt it. Evan Dando just kind of belts it like he's just going for it in a fun way. <laughs> And he's got an amazing voice, but uh, it's the opposite of Ario Speedwagon. So I urge you to use your deep web to find his cover at some point. I w- did, by the way, um, I'll look for it right now. He did some um, Oasis covers back in the day, too. I love Evan Dando. Wait, but you know that he killed Kurt Cobain, right? And I'm okay with that. Because oh, <laughs> he's hot. <laughs> and uh, a heroin addict. If you... Oh, here it is. Look in my eyes, baby. I can do this. You played dead, but you never bled. Instead, you laid still in 
like it. You want to hear something amazing? Is that Evan Dando, seven years ago, uh, commented on the YouTube video under his handle Pelican Mouse and wrote, um, well, you see, there were these girls and these drugs, and after a couple days, there was a session, and my voice got gone. <laughs> yeah, so a get-gone Evan Dando voice is a great way to sing this to karaoke. <laughs> Uh, if you don't know, it's kind of like the Cal Ripken story of alternative rock. Um, some people, or the as legend has it, Kurt Cobain found out that Courtney Love, um, who it was rumored or believed that she kind of slept around uh, during her marriage to Kurt Cobain, uh, that he found out of an affair between Courtney Love and Evan Dando, and that sent Kurt, K-U-R-D-T, Bob, over the edge, leading to his eventual demise. And you're okay with this. Completely plausible. Um, oh, Dan, Kleine is providing us info about your favorite character, the shoplifting guy. Oh, yeah, let's hear it, Kleine. Um, he, uh, he played crop hair guy in three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. Crop hair. Crop hair. It sounds like a role of somebody that didn't have any lines. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't quite get the um, appeal of that movie. Did you see it? No, I didn't see it. It. Uh, I didn't quite get why it was so beloved. Here's the final yes. track. Speaking of very 90s. Saturday Night Live. This is very 90s. You have got to give it to Empire Records for. So this was like the climax of the movie. This is the the cool dudes band playing on. Renee, the, is that while you're dancing on stage? And Renee's over going. Yes. Gotta have it. That's good, Bob. Looking so cute doing it. Um, but for uh, a lot of a lot of movies have made the mistake of either, you know, shoving in Smash Mouth at a time like this. Casting Anthony LaPaglia. Or, or uh, just like writing a shitty song for the climax. This is a really fun song. That's nice. And to have them, it was like a very cinematic ending. It was really well done. I like this, and I like this song. Yeah, it's definitely of its time, and it's upbeat and fun, and I'm with you. Yeah. The Coyote Shivers. No internet footprint. None. No, that's not true. They actually, uh, they are on major streaming services, including this song, if you'd like to look it up. Oh, yay. Um, all right, Bob, there you go. That's the Empire Records soundtrack. Uh, I hope we did it justice. I feel like we were cultural just, touchstone, Bob. We're, we're an hour and five minutes in. I feel like we were, we were just scratching the surface of the movie that is Empire Records. All right, your final thoughts, Bob, on the film. On the film. Film, Bob. I, I... I've seen... Would you fuck Ricky Martin if he came on to you? In the sequel, yes. 
Um, but we might have to settle for Enrique Iglesias if we can. Get you would it. screw Ricky. Here's my thought on the film. Uh, I've seen it more than I've seen The Godfather. <laughs> it's one of these movies. You know what? I totally believe that because you kind of a weird pop culture radar and that totally no i've checks seen out. i've probably seen the godfather <laughs> twice i've probably seen empire records 11 times okay like it's one of these movies well that's it's not well godfather is like a three-hour epic yeah, but no, yeah you, okay I got and you, you got to devote your life to it when you're doing it this is something that's been on around me and in my houses i've done other things uh back in the day like what jerkin maybe i mean we talked about the babes uh it was a movie Give me them giant eyes. That for a short period of time, <laughs> you know, I was a big blonde guy. This uh, Liv Tyler, though, I think transcended Renee Zellweger. You were so weird like that. It's like, what's up with Bob liking all these hot blondes? It was a weird thing. It was a weird decision. <laughs> That's Bob's corner. That was my corner. I, I, I demanded all blondes are my corner. But uh, Liv Tyler was such a comet around that time that I was, yeah, like, she in was. love with her. And uh, it just had a cool vibe. I wanted to be Ethan Embry. I wanted to be the guy that played Lucas. I wanted to be the cool dude. I wanted to be Anthony LaPaglia. <laughs> That's the only guy in the movie I didn't want to be. I would be Rex Manning before. Oh, I definitely like, wanted to be Rex LaPags. Manning. Call him Pags. When Zelliger offers herself to him. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Was it's, nice. a, it's, it's a fun movie. No, I think... Uh, doesn't Tyler I'm offer sorry, yeah. yeah Tyler, Tyler offers yeah. herself to him. And then she has second thoughts and it gets no, weird. She actually fucks him. There's a hardcore sex scene what? in the middle. Of the, well, nobody saw it. No one knows. It's true. Well, that's not true. Maybe that is what happened. So maybe more people, more more than thirty-seven thousand people would went to the theater. Did more people see Stealing Beauty, starring Liv Tyler and a horse? Liv Tyler <laughs> and a horse <laughs> in a world where Liv Tyler knows a horse. Just knows a horse. <laughs> it's the buddy Stealing comedy of beauty. the summer. Stealing Beauty. <laughs> We'll do that podcast next. The Stealing Beauty soundtrack. Yeah, that's next. All right, it's time to pick the uh, track for a Spotify playlist. Hampered by the fact that only four of these songs are on Spotify, for sure. I I I want to hear your thoughts on it, Bob, because I there's a thought that I have for it, and then the one that I feel like you're gonna have for it. I just want to hear if oh, no. my suspicions well, my suspicions are. I don't have nearly accurate. as big of a thought as you do. I want to hear your thought. Oh. I just think, um, especially in light of our shared feelings, that the Gin Blossoms kind of got screwed uh, mm-hmm. by the pop culture landscape, and they wrote one of the like a Beatles level pop song. That yes, it's a little basic and on the nose, but fuck you! Only thirty-seven thousand people saw this movie. It should be till I hear it from you, and that's that's kind of what I feel, and I'm kind of pounding the table for it. Um, and you could go with your Coyote Shivers Sugar High song, and that'd be cute and fun, but I would say go fuck yourself. Um, Kleine wants to point out that Coyote Shivers is a guy, not a group. Dan. <laughs> Kleine, Kleine, what's your vote? Kleine, you're barely a person to Kleine, me. Kleine, what's your vote? Oh, wait, we skipped one. It has to be A Girl Like You by Edwin Collins. Uh, is that the one that, uh, I'll be your shining shoulder. No, I thought it was like, I never knew a girl like you before. Oh, yeah. That one? You just skipped it? You decided not to do that one? Hang on. Thank God we have a fact checker here. This never happened before. It is a good song, It's too. a good song. You know this one. By the way, this wasn't on the YouTube playlist I was using. That's why. <laughs> oh, no. Honestly, this would be the number two song. Yeah, I agree. On my personal list. Like you before. Just like in a song from days of yore. 
I feel like this would be the song that was playing when the guy that loses all the money on the gambling was uh-huh. like driving Walking. to the yeah. casino. Yeah. Or like coming back into the store. We really should have seen the movie. Right? It would have been better. But we're gonna do that we're with Garden. We're gonna do that with Garden State. We're just really bad at this. We are, guys. What are you doing? <laughs> uh, anyway, I okay. I think we should go with the Jim Blossoms. I agree. I think it's we're probably not gonna do a new miserable experience. Probably not. Probably but, not. Yeah. You never know. Maybe just to stick it to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> After our, like year seven of the pod, and she's like, "Haven't you run out of shitty albums to do yet?" All right, there you go. Somebody push no, no, no. What is happening to this episode? All right. Um, Stop it. This is- <laughs> We're like destroying the legacy of Better Than Ezra by playing their music. All right. Uh, okay, here we go. Uh, check it out. Spotify playlist. Uh, uh, every week, every episode, we pick one song. This is the latest. You could also get it at Apple Music. Uh, links in our uh, Twitter feed at Throwback Pod, Instagram Throwback Pod. If you want to email us, if you want to privately share a horrific ordeal from your childhood, go to the Throwback Podcast at gmail.com. And of course, if you want to support the show, because the show exists because of our wonderful Petronis, uh, patreon.com slash Throwback Pod. You could also get that link on Twitter uh, or I presume Instagram. Yeah? I presume. Uh, until next week. Well, actually, no. Two weeks. Well, ne- two weeks. Two weeks from now. I'm going to England, Bob. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to miss you. If you see me in England, say hello. And if you see Bob in America, tell him to go fuck himself. Not really. Say hi to Bob. No, you can tell him. I just forget everything is cool until I hear it from. Thanks, Kleine.